Season one, episode nine. Here we are at the final frontier. And welcome to the Shafe Bros Podcast. I'm Nate Shafe, and sitting with me always is the bro Shafe, Joe Shafe. What up, big little bro? So today we got a little special show. This is we're coming at you every other Sunday on the Shafe Bros Podcast. Live and indirect. So we got a special special guest coming on our show. We got our cousin Katie, who's calling in from Portland. So uh, let's see if this uh, contraption that I've built out of uh, rubber bands and duct tape works, and it will come through. If not, you guys will hear, it'll sound like we're talking to a ghost, and it'll be like an episode of Hill House, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, let's call Katie real fast. The anticipation waits. Call failed. Oh, no. Again. What? No! Hello? Hey! Hey, Whoa. it's Cousin, what up? Yes, it finally worked. Hey, good morning. Yay. <laughs> Oh man! After so many times, what's up? How are you doing? We're doing okay. After we just did a couple of technical support options, but yep. welcome to the show. Thank you for joining Thank us. You. Thank you for having me. So, how's it in Portland? Right, you guys are in Portland, right? Yeah, we are in Portland. Um, it's pretty nice. It's not raining today. It's just a little bit cloudy, wow. um, and the city is getting into the holiday spirit with all the decorations and lights everywhere. Well, tis the season. It's the season. How are you guys? We are doing well. Uh, just hanging out in my little apartment this morning. So a uh, little stress trying to get everything together, but you know, it's good though. But whatever. Mm-hmm. But whatever. We survive. Good. We carry on. Yes, exactly. So officially, welcome to the Shape Bros podcast, Katie. Uh, we are super glad to have you on. Thank you. I'm super excited to be on. Is it, so. fa- is it fair to say she's a super, we're actually interviewing a super fan of our podcast? Our first super fan? <laughs> I am a super fan. <laughs> Technically, sure. it works. Cool. So I know beforehand we got uh, we talked about a couple of things we wanted to touch on the show. Um, first of all, uh, I know you recently got married this year. Whoa, nice! And then mm-hmm. uh, you guys went down to Patagonia. Is that correct? That is where we went for our honeymoon. Yeah. Wow! Literally, they went to the store. That's got to be a first I've ever heard for that for a honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, no, it was like- Really great shopping spree. We got new jackets. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I'm going to go do that for like Foot Locker then. I'm going to be like, babe, I want to have our wedding renewal anniversary and then we'll just go to Foot Locker all day. Yeah. <laughs> so tell so us. You just need to come up to Portland and go to the Nike store. And oh, the man. Store. Don't tempt me. Dude, you got us all jealous. <laughs> Seriously. So tell us about Patagonia. How was it? Patagonia was absolutely spectacular um so it's like the the bottom region of chile and argentina so it spreads across the two countries Mm -hmm. and so we took like a 10-hour flight from miami down to santiago and then a three-hour flight down to the bottom of the world and um, my husband and i actually rented a car and we road tripped for 10 days around the region so we did all sorts of hikes. We ate a lot of really good food. We saw glaciers. We saw mountains. Uh, and we just spent a lot of really good quality time together. Nice. That's saw awesome. a glacier. That's pretty awesome. 
Have you mm-hmm. seen the Glacier Joe? I have not. Okay. I heard they're pretty intense. <laughs> they are pretty intense. Actually, uh, the glacier that we saw is one of three glaciers in the entire world that's not melting. Like, it's not shrinking. It's actually uh, staying the same size. Oh. So, so they're keeping it cool down there. They're turning on the AC. Yeah, that yeah, must yeah. be where yeah. Superman yeah. has the Fortress of Solitude at. So there you go. The glacier, so they keep it cool. <laughs> so... What what are kind of the outside of that glacier? Are there any like cool like sights to see down in Patagonia? I've always, well, I'm a big fan of the brand of Patagonia, but I've never <laughs> actually been to Patagonia, which has always interested me, just in that like vast open space and like being able to kind of just, I don't know, get one with nature, nature or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really great place to visit if you're trying to get in touch with nature. Um, Topographically down there, the land is pretty flat, except for all these mountain ranges that just jut up out of the ground. Wow. So it's not, not like low rolling hills into mountains. It's just very stark, mountainy regions. But um, we actually went down there because of a rock climbing video that we watched two years ago. Oh, wow. uh, two famous climbers went and like did some famous climb across the Fitzroy Mountain. And my husband, CJ, decided that he wanted to go there. Uh, at some point in his life, and it just worked out that we could do it for our honeymoon. So we uh, went to Patagonia with the sole purpose of seeing this mountain range and doing this hike. Oh, wow. That's so cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. What was, the, yeah. what was I guess, the high point, no pun intended, for you guys out there? <laughs> um, actually, it might, act, it might be that hike because I convinced CJ to um, – like start the hike it's a four-hour hike and i convinced him that we should be there up at the top at sunrise to watch the sunrise over the mountains oh, so man. we left the trailhead at two in the morning and hiked in the dark that's uh, intense yeah. mm-hmm. we got up there 10 minutes before the sun started to like paint the mountains orange so uh we timed it perfectly and that was pretty spectacular and it was right at the beginning of our trip so it was a really great way to kick off nine more days of adventure Dude, that's so intense to be able to see the sun come up over the mountain range and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good call by you, Katie. That's pretty oh, intense, you. though, because now you got it like, you know, if you ever take any pictures, you actually have wallpaper that you can put up on your house. And be like, <laughs> I literally took that picture. <laughs> yeah. You have some awesome, awesome prints. Uh, all credit to you. Um, so I know before the show, you and I were texting back and forth about your guys' different travel um experiences this past year uh you kind of threw me a couple places you guys have been to like Belgium and Iceland and wow um and different places in Oregon which where you guys reside but uh tell us a little bit like what's kind of the high point or the cool stuff that happened when you guys were in Belgium Uh, I'm also particularly intrigued by Iceland I've seen people you know other people's vacation videos in Iceland and it looks awesome I've had coworkers I've been to Iceland and and they they say it's like a whole new world it, it is. It's a spectacular place, and it's really accessible to get um, to Iceland specifically, but um, travel to Europe is pretty affordable right now. I mean, relatively speaking. I was going to say, but, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it costs more for me to fly home for Christmas than it did to fly to Belgium, So, wow. which is silly. But, um, no, we actually, we've been very fortunate this year in that we've been able to do a lot of travel and specifically international travel. And back in April and May, we went over to Belgium for a beer festival, actually. We did a couple of beer festivals there. Um, and then we stopped in Iceland on the way home for three days. So while we were in Belgium, we were, you know, going to these festivals and drinking and hanging out with our friends. But uh, one day we went out into the country and we found that there was a forest. And there was a, it was the perfect time of year where all of the bluebells were blooming. Wow. So the 
like the forest was gray and green and really beautiful, but the entire forest floor was covered in these purple tiny flowers. That's totally better than HD, man. Like that's, <laughs> that just sounds amazing in my mind. That just sounds better than and the best HD movie I've ever seen. That sounds crazy. It's HD in real life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dude, that's so crazy. So what about with, with Iceland? Um, even though you were only there for three days, were there kind of some cool sites that you saw? I know there was, I don't know if you've ever seen this or heard of this, but I, I've seen like people on YouTube, they go to this like crashed plane in Iceland somewhere oh. and like they take cool pictures and stuff like that. But is it a crash plane? Is it like yeah, a tourist there's, like, area? A hollowed out plane or something that a lot of people go to and, yeah, and trek up to. Um, but there's also like amazing waterfalls and different stuff. Yeah. No, we, uh, we definitely saw waterfalls. We didn't find any planes. Um, but our favorite part of the Iceland trip was actually going to this lagoon. Um, it's, it's like this lake at the bottom of a glacier. And so the ice breaks off the glacier and it floats in the lake and it opens up into the ocean. So um, all the currents from the sea go into this still body of water and all the icebergs float and swirl around. And it's really peaceful and fun to just watch these huge chunks of ice that are the size of your car uh, around in the water. (laughs) And they, like, play bumper cars with each other and just smash into each other and veer off in other directions. Are people able to go into the lagoon, like, to take a swim, or is it, like, not recommended? I I would not recommend. Okay. (laughs) Because <laughs> I've had coworkers that went to Iceland and said there was like this lagoon area where you can actually go in and it's like warm or something like that. And you can actually. Oh, that's the hot spring, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that. They I call know. it fire and ice for a reason. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Sounds like straight out of Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, I was going to say it must be where Earth, Wind, and Fire got their, uh, their name. Earth, Wind, and Fire. They filmed a lot of Game of Thrones in Iceland. And we actually tried to go to one of the filming locations. No, you didn't. Uh, but yeah, we tr- well, we tried, but the trailhead was closed, and CJ decided that we should spend the night there just in case it opened up in the morning, wow. um, and we sleep in our car, like we just car camp, but mm. at about four in the morning, we woke up, and it had started snowing, and there was two inches of fresh snow on the ground, and we were not prepared, awesome. so we uh, packed up and left. You're just like, we gotta get out of here! That's awesome, though, to wake up to snow. That's awesome. hmm Cool. So, kind of this, like, theme of, like going out and kind of seeing the world and stuff like what would you like why do you why do you think people should like experience and check out different parts of of the of the earth and kind of see what's out there um i think yeah i think travel has this really great uh, i mean it's it's it gives you the opportunity to not only see beautiful places and gain a respect for this earth that we all live on together but you meet so many new people and you're introduced to so many new different ideas and points of view and I think that it's it's healthy for all of us to step out of our own heads for a little bit and experience the world through someone else's perspective and so I like to do that through travel and see what other people around the world are seeing and uh, feel how they feel and try new foods try new experiences and I feel like that makes me a better like citizen of this earth and just um, I feel like I just have a greater appreciation for all of the beautiful and wonderful things that we have to experience and that this world can offer. Wow. That's uh, that's uh, that's a great speech. Right. That was amazing. I'm like, I don't know. I've signed me up for Iceland, man. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so, it, and I know you were texting me as well about uh, just the great things you guys have in the state of Oregon. Um, I hear it so many times from our friends that are from Oregon too. They're always like, Portland's the best place ever. 
Portland is where all the millennials go to retire. That's what I've heard. <laughs> They're like, you know how Florida used to be where people go to retire? Now it's going to be Portland. Now it's going to be Portland. And yeah. now Sheree's convinced too because she's like, oh, what if we lived in Portland? I was like, no, that's when we get older, we'll go to Portland, but I'm okay with whatever. Because <laughs> I think the cool thing is like, you, you definitely, I would definitely recommend and kind of can see the benefit of like traveling the world but I, even to a lot of people there's stuff right in their own backyard you know and yeah. like yeah i even i've lived in the bay area for like most of my life but only had been to like mere mere woods once which is where they filmed part of return of the jedi which is pretty dope i but, knew that was where that was from <laughs> but like yeah. going there i'm like oh my gosh this is like literally just like an hour away and this a completely new essentially a new world uh you know, is uh, is right kind of in our backyard. But I think everybody has that, not just the barrier. Not just yeah, the barrier. everybody has that. Oregon has it. Virginia has it where I grew up. Um, specifically, I can speak to Oregon, but we, we really picked Portland because it's so accessible to so many different places and things to do. Like we can drive an hour and a half and be at the coast, or we can drive an hour and a half and be at the mountain and go skiing, or we can drive three hours and we're in the desert. Um, and so actually, like... My husband and I, we've gotten into car camping since moving out here. So we'll drive somewhere, sleep in our car overnight, and then spend an entire day or two hiking and adventuring and seeing what our state has to offer. And then we just sleep in the car and drive back home the next day. Dude, that so, sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it's a really accessible way to see what we have locally. I like that. But I always judge every place I go to by their zoo. So I, I don't know how the Oregon <laughs> Zoo is, but uh, I always judge a place by its zoo. I, I wouldn't put it up there with the ranks of oh. the San Diego Zoo, unfortunately. Oh. It's a small zoo. Um, and we actually, I mean, we have an elephant enclosure. We've got some eagles. Uh, oh, the zoo goodness. is actually very famous for its zoo lights program oh, in, nice. around the holiday season. Um, and they do concerts in the summertime. So I've actually been to the zoo more to go see a concert. That I have to see the animals. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> hey guys, where we're gonna perform next our concert? We're going to the zoo, bro, in Portland. It's like the best okay. venue. So oh man, I love that environment. It's very music. inclusive in wildfire. I love it. <laughs> I love your I love your motto, Joe. Uh, judging a place by its zoo. <laughs> Telling you, man, it says a lot about the place. I mean, everybody loves San Diego because the San Diego Zoo's there. Put that slogan on a t-shirt. I'll wear it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Always there's a place by the zoo. Um, and last thing before we let you go, I, I know before you talked about the reason why you guys went down to Patagonia was because of rock climbing. Um, and I, I've rock climbed a little bit, like bouldering, but then also kind of going up, but never like, you know, outdoors. <laughs> it's always been indoor rock climbing because we yeah. have a place kind of down the down the road from us. Planet Granite. Um, but how'd you guys, how did you and, and CJ get into rock climbing and kind of would you recommend rock climbing to people? And I, like, is I it a great... absolutely recommend. Um, fun fact, there's a Planet Granite in Portland, and every time I go to log in and give them my last name, I have to say, oh, I'm Katie Schaefer, and I'm not Nathan, because that's my cousin down in Sunnyvale. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> We're famous, dude. Uh, yeah, so I've actually been climbing for 10 years. I started in high school, and I met CJ in college, and I introduced him to rock climbing. But he and I, uh, we mostly climb indoors. Uh, because I like to rope climb and he prefers to boulder. So nice. if we go to a gym, we can both do what we like. Because um, you can't really, you don't find places that have good bouldering and good rope climbing out in the wild very often. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but, but it's, I mean, as you can tell from the stories I've shared about our travels, we just really like to play outside. And <laughs> climbing is a really great way to do that because um, you get to go to all these 
when we have gone climbing outside. We've been to Red Rocks in Las Vegas. We went to Washington State to go bouldering. Um, and there's places to climb in Oregon, too. But it, specifically with outdoor climbing, it's just nice to be outside and enjoying the fresh air with some buddies and working hard and, uh, you know, working up a sweat and just spending time together. Uh, but the gym is super accessible. I mean, you've got kids on the climbing team. You've got old people climbing. You've got young people climbing. Um, every It's a sport that I think anybody can try as long as you're willing to, like, brave those fears of heights. Because mm-hmm. everyone, everyone has that innate fear of falling in them. But I actually started climbing to get over that. So pushing my comfort zone and pushing boundaries and um, – I feel really proud. Like whenever I get to the top of a wall, I'm like, Oh, I did this. I did this. I'm like 40 feet up in the air and I'm fine. That's amazing. I know that is always a good test. I think it's a great way too, for kids to get into uh, <laughs> rock climbing and just a different way of working out. So they don't feel like they always have to typically go to a gym and lift weights or free weights or even machine weights, but it's more of a way of, I can be active while having fun. So that's always good. Mm-hmm. And you kind of tap like in. Climbing the, is a mental puzzle too because you have to read the wall and Correct. figure out oh yes. I'm, my hand here my foot there so it engages your brain as well as your body that's true it's also i mean you're putting you're not only doing physical activity you're actually doing a lot of mental activity too and emotional too as well because you're like having the fear of i don't want to fall right now but you're like i'd figure out this puzzle of where can i put my foot or my hand specifically so i can move to the next block that's the cut co- because they always color coordinate the different steps so you can't just grab on you know you can't cheat your way to the top you have to find new oh, yeah. ways of getting up there yeah cheaters never win joe I know it's just not fair, man. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say too. I think the the climbing is almost speaking of children. Like you're kind of tapping into that inner child because I think a lot of people as kids with climbing up and around things. I climbed trees a lot growing up, and so there's almost that kind of childlike quality to like let's just climb and figure our way up and like see the world, you know, and look yeah. at a different perspective. Yeah. All right, All thanks there, Tarzan. Appreciate that. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Katie, for coming on the show. Uh, we super appreciate We loved having you on. It was great. Thanks so much for coming on, Katie. We appreciate it. And our first super fan interview. I love this. This is awesome. Oh, I will be a super fan of your podcast until the day I die. Love oh, so appreciate much. it, man. Awesome. <laughs> Next, we just need to get CJ hooked, and then we're set. Oh, yeah. Well, he really likes all of your sports commentary. Um, and, hey, shout out to the Timbers today. They're playing Atlanta in the MLS Cup Finals. So. They are. That's shout true. out to the Timbers. All there right. you go. See you, Katie. Have a good rest of the day. Take care. Take care. Bye. That was awesome, man. Well, uh, thanks again to Katie for coming on the show. She's yeah. our first official guest, and we super appreciate her taking the time. Exactly. I feel like now that uh, she kind of got me inspired about not just traveling, but even rock climbing, I'm like, now I kind of want to get my kids into rock. I would love to get Zoe into rock climbing. I think she, it would just be a fun way of working because I'm like, man, it's not really enticing. Now. I feel like I have to sit on a bench and lift weights, but it's like fun when you're like, I'm doing something, but I'm getting a workout in it. So, I mean, yeah. it's kind like of You're helpful. engaging like multiple parts of your brain and love your it. body yeah. and everything. So. No, it's awesome. So uh, with that, uh, we got a few more minutes that Joe and I want to touch on, kind of like our one big thing that mm-hmm. we want to. Uh, and then as well, I have a recommendation for you guys, a new show I just started. Which just is super started. Super interesting. Uh, but Joe, uh, what's up with the uh, the NFL, man? Dude, if you don't know, if you have been living under a rock, you probably don't know what's going on. But the sadness thing is one of the top fantasy players this year, Kareem Hunt, of formerly of the Kansas City Chiefs, got cut because a video surfaced of him uh, physically abusing a woman uh, in a hotel. So uh, it got exposed. And the funny thing was, this didn't happen just recently. This actually happened back in February. Why is it just coming out now? 
because uh, TMZ broke the story. And the sad thing, and then so this is kind of bringing up the whole NFL and how they handle the whole conduct policy and how they handle with the players outside of the off the field issues. So, I mean, it's it's truly a, a shocking. I mean, I almost had Kareem Hunt on my fantasy team. So I'm like, man, if I lost him, it would have been upright. Everybody I've talked to that played fantasy is like, I mean, obviously the subject matter is disappointing, but it's just crazy how um, one guy's one small decision, like he was lining up the NFL, he was about to get the cover for Madden uh, 19. Wow. Yeah. And so he basically just got cut now and dropped him. Like he's been dropped from the Chiefs. Chiefs cut him the day they found out about the video getting dropped. Um, he's also basically lost any endorsements. Um, he's basically a free agent right now, but he's on, I think he's still on Goodell's um, um, exemption list. So he might not even be able to get, he can't get on a team for the rest of the year. Oh, wow. So, and it's just causing a lot of uproar from obviously the female community because it's just another course, player yeah. again. You know, it's visual evidence of abusing a woman. Even he's come out and admitted that they did the right thing. You know, him losing his job and he's getting counseling from what I hear from ESPN. He's getting counseling on, but it's just, it just happened out of nowhere. And I always have these conspiracy theories. Everyone might think I'm crazy, but I always think there's these conspiracy <laughs> theories because the Chiefs looked unstoppable. I thought this is the team that's going to go far. Not only do you have yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you were talking about Mahomes and like he's the next Brett Favre. You were really hyped on them. I am. And I thought he's got Tyreek Hill and Kareem Hunt. He's got a great running back and a wide receiver. I'm like, this is the team. That everyone says, you know, the Patriots are always in the Super Bowl. I'm like, this is the year that I actually think the Chiefs will be the team. And now that they've, it's funny how this came out and they cut him. I'm like, well, there's, a, and then I'm, I'm always like, see, now, now the Patriots are going to the Super Bowl. I was like, I don't know. I still think the Chiefs have it. It's just, it's so damaging that they're on a roll and then they lose this player. Yeah, no, for sure. What I think that that conversation is always uh, interesting because obviously it's like totally a no no and like terrible that like someone would do that. But I think. There's so much more kind of deeper things going on in an individual for that to happen, um, and I don't. And I think the NFL just kind of sweeps things under the rug, or just like let's just cut them and not sign them and like forget about them, you know. Well, I think they're quick to like let's punish right away, but not look at like okay, what built to this? Like what caused this person to lead to that decision? Like, and I'm not saying I'm not judging or anything, but I think like kids come into the NFL with like you know growing up and maybe like some kids grow up you know living middle class or a little bit above but most kids you know go or most guys going into the NFL are from rough backgrounds and everything like that and so there's a lot of stuff that's built up over time and I'm not saying all you know people are gonna you know physically want to hurt somebody but I think if you don't deal with the stuff that happens because I don't think it's fair for any of those kids to come in for them, I don't think it's fair for them and not be like, I know they have the NFL rookie symposium where they get guys to talk to them. I don't think they, they need like a group of guys like, hey, I've had a troubled background, like having a group from the team, like setting up a group for them to mm -hmm. help them, whether it's former players that played for the team or if it's people, you know, in drug or alcohol backgrounds or even just even how to, hey, here's the ethics of how you should handle in these situations, yeah. even when you're outside, like teach them. Maybe they do do it. I don't, obviously, I'm no one that's on the inside. I don't work for an NFL team, but it's just like, to, I think to help benefit, because I think when you cut and dry, yeah, it's, it's a it's a hard not consequence, kind of like, hey, you just yeah. lost your job. You've lost so much opportunity. But, I, you know, I feel like they could stop it more if they were willing to help deal with the players that they have that maybe have those backgrounds first before any incidents happen. Yeah, and then it's, it kind of speaks to the NFL as a whole, and like the career lifespan of somebody who plays football is like a lot shorter than any. It's three years max. It's yeah, any like other that. sport, and so like they're getting physically punished and stuff like that. But like they're asked to be like gladiators on the field, but when they get off the field, they're like, "Oh, you're supposed to act like model citizens." Or no, even I think 
more speaking to the NFL as a as a organization is like they want people to like bang their bodies and do all these different things for the revenue and for the wins and different things, but then they don't care about kind of the things that go on off off the field, you know, and they're quick to just cut and distance and like, and obviously yes, it is it is a, a bad and, and a negative thing and a terrible thing, but like I think speaking to what you're saying, like there's not this like teams aren't like we're gonna take care of our players and like help them. Uh, mentally emotionally and like all the things that go on just in a in a person's holistic life you know yeah i think like that's something that really i mean it just i don't know something's got to change man like i feel like i mean i'm a big nfl fan and i know i I love every nfl player that's in there because i mean not everybody gets a chance to play football for a living Mm -hmm. so i'm always behind that but i always feel like they got to be able to figure that stuff out because if they keep doing it nothing will change until you deal with the heart as always you know as that's just kind of my thing it's like until you deal with the person like and work with them and help them even before like i think that's more effective and so that's just me again that's just my two cents everybody Man, it's definitely a sad situation, uh, and I, you know, hope that NFL kind of see, kind of takes a look in the mirror and kind of figures, figures itself out and figures out how to help, how to help the people, so that this thing doesn't just keep happening and people ignore it until it comes up again, and then keep ignoring it until another situation comes up. So, mm-hmm. um, but switching leagues, uh, I did yeah. want to talk about the uh, NBA and the Jimmy Butler trade, the cancer infection moving from from the Timberwolves to the 76ers. They've actually been doing a lot better. So uh, if you haven't heard Jimmy Butler, who's, you know, probably top one of the top 15 players. I'd say top um, 20. I don't know about top 15. I, I would put him like 15 or something like that. Like number 15 uh, out of be, top 15? Because he's a great two-way player. He can hit, he can knock down his threes um, at he's like not an like, average rate. But he he's can, not a Clay Thompson two-way player, in my opinion. Well, Clay just kind of shoots a lot of threes and plays solid defense, but Jimmy Butler will like take the last shot and guard the best player on the other team, you know. So there's mm. there's a level of respect you got to have for that kind of player, um, regardless, uh, you know, if he's like LeBron James or or not, you know. Got it. Because um, the distance between LeBron James and and everybody else is pretty vast um, in regards to the quality of player. But I do so, have a question on it real quick. Sure. Do you think it's gonna actually is he gonna cause a cancer with the seventy six? Even though they're doing great right now, do you think it's gonna be a cancer to where they won't do well in the playoffs come June, or do you feel like it's gonna it's not gonna be like what it was with uh, the Timberwolves? I don't I don't think so because part of me is like. Joel Embiid is like such a personality and such a character and such like a dominant force. And he has like, he has complete ownership of the, of the Philadelphia 76ers. And he has called himself the process, even though like, even though like, uh, you know, what the Sixers went through with tanking and getting a bunch of high draft picks and they called it the process, you got to trust the process and everything. He came out and said, I am the process. So I think he's their media guy. I think he's their person, media personality uh, guy. He he has fully embraced that this is his team. So I think Jimmy can come in and and there's a, in the amount that like Joel Embiid can dominate a game both offensively and defensively and kind of be one of the most physically imposing players since like Shaq essentially. Really? Are you putting him on that level? Well, physically, like because he's taller, he's bigger, he's quicker. He can guard out in the perimeter. He can block shots. He can bang. He can just physically dominate people. Like, but he doesn't have that girth that Shaq or like that strength and that. Power. I mean, like young, young Shaq. You know, are you talking Orlando Shaq? Yeah, like young Orlando Shaq. Whatever. I haven't I'm, seen him break any glass yet, so I can't say that. Well, they have reinforced the glass <laughs> since then, but um, but I think I think the Philadelphia team itself, the 76ers team, is in good shape uh, to not be disrupted by another personality because there's already like 
super confident Ben Simmons and like assured himself Ben Simmons. And then there's, you know, hyper personality, bigger than life, kind of Joel Embiid. And then I think Jimmy Butler will fit kind of right in, right into that kind of vortex of. And then you got special project Markel Fultz. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It seems like. (laughs) Is he as everything I've been hearing is that he's on, he's going to be on his way out, even though he he just came out with this. I thought he's trying to work on his shoot. He's trying to get with a doctor to get his shooting form correct. He's just. They came out with like a nerve damage, not nerve nerve damage, because they said it's not nerve damage, but like a nerve issue in his like shoulder, uh, between his neck and his shoulder, that uh, is the reason why he's having trouble shooting, mm-hmm. and that he's taking rest. Um, but they said from a podcast, another podcast that I heard, is that it's a, it's it's an actual condition, but it's only found in like baseball pitchers so somehow this like basketball player got this like baseball injury so it's a little suspect um and obviously people they're just reaching for something man and they saw and they saw 10 doctors before they got this diagnosis so it definitely kind of like was kind of fishy um but and it and i think it definitely kind of wants to point away from the fact that maybe the kid does have the yips and like more of like a mental block is he Um, a bust I hope not. He's he's got all the physical tools to make it happen. He went first over Jason Tatum, man. You you don't think this guy's a bust? I, I don't know. I, the guy is like 20, 20 years old, twenty one years old. Like I don't think you can call somebody a bust at twenty one years old. Not yet. No, we got to wait for a little bit. See if he can figure it out. But so I thought that was super, very very interesting. Uh, that going back to the Jimmy Butler trade. Uh, but then also I didn't want to touch on just the state of the NBA and just how much the uh, Toronto Raptors are killing it, guys. Yeah, the Toronto Raptors are the top of the East with 21 and 6. The Sixers, the Jimmy Butler 76ers are in second in the East and 18 and 9. But let's be honest, it's the East, though, man. I mean, the West is stacked. The East is kind of, nah. Nah. <laughs> um, so it's super interesting just kind of where, how the league's been shaking out. Like, obviously, Toronto has kind of been, like, dominating. They have the best record. What about those Nuggets, man? And then the Nuggets are a potent offense, and they start off defensively strong, but they've kind of like sagged since then, um, since the top of the uh, or the start of the season. And then mm. the Clippers, who are third behind the Golden State Warriors at sixteen and eight, they have a bunch of like really good guys. Nobody's like really bad on that team. So They're a bunch like, of no name guys, except Bogdanovich. <laughs> yeah, no, they got they got they got some guys with names, but like it kind of goes to show like if you can sign like good solid people like you're just not gonna suck if you don't have anybody that sucks you're not gonna suck you know <laughs> so nobody's gonna take away from your team would this um, be fair to say that even that they're doing better now than they did with chris paul blake griffin and deandre jordan well i think they don't they don't have as high of a ceiling obviously as chris paul and blake griffin that you know Lob i'll say City. this much right now if they get farther in the playoffs and get to the western conference finals i will put it down and say that they were then a better team that'll be that'll be that, they were a better evidence. team than chris paul blake griffin and deandre jordan combined. that'll be like uh, yeah super obvious evidence that uh they are a better team same coach yeah and definitely definitely and he's kind of figured out how to really coach this this group of you know just solid no one sucks players um what about those uh what do you think about okc man losing to the bulls last night i was like kind of shocked you know, I think they're still trying to figure it out uh, as of right now, or at least last I'd heard. They, it's they, taken two years for Russell Westbrook to figure it out, man. Come on. Yeah, well, he's he's has a, a long career of trying to figure it out. Um, but as of the last thing I heard, they have like top defense, one or two top defense in the league. I think the Celtics have the second now. But um, 
but the Oklahoma City Thunder have like a top defense, which is really helping them to stay in games and like close down. Steven out. Adams, man. Even though Russell Westbrook will still like chuck up, like try to be like air quotes clutch threes, you know, and then totally like brick them, you know, because he's a terrible three point shooter. Yeah. Um, but Chris Balls or not Chris Ball, but Paul George has been playing uh, really well recently. Yeah. Um, what, what's up in L.A., man? What's up with LeBron Land? At the L.A. LeBron Lakers. Uh, they're in sixth in the West right now. So if if the playoffs started now, they would make it through the playoffs a quarter of the way through the season. Um, but again, there there's a lot of teams that are just kind of trying to figure it out. And you can't really tell where the teams at right now. I think we have to wait till All Star break to figure out where everybody's at. Yeah, for sure. And even when you look at it, when you look at the numbers, right, the difference between the first seed and the eighth seed is three three and a half games back so like if you lose two games you like dropped like basically out of the playoffs you know so it's a really tight race right now in the west just enjoy the ride right now ladies and gentlemen yeah. but even too if you look at the houston rockets are only five and a half games back from the first place but they're just not they're not the same there yeah well they yeah they still need to figure out some things and uh as of yesterday i was hearing that like chris paul has kind of like lost a lost a step and it might be him showing his small his point age, guard, yeah. you know, age decline or whatever. Um, so the only like bad team in the West right now is the Phoenix Suns, which they're 13 games back. So oh. 13 and a half games back. So which is pretty bad. But everybody else is like the Spurs are not the what has they used the ability to, be. to make it into the playoffs. And it's going to be super tight going down the whole season. Yeah. Because um, I don't think any one team, because even the Timberwolves are playing better since they traded Jimmy. The Butler. Kings are doing good, actually. And the Kings, as of right now, are in eighth place. They would make the playoffs. So. Uh, it's yeah, it's a tight one. Um, what about the what, what about in the East though? What do you think about with the, the, the East, Hornets? Magic? I'm just hoping I'm just hoping the Celtics will kind of like figure it out and kind of get back into the one. I'm two, calling three it right spot. now. They're either going to trade Terry Rozier or Marcus Smart. They got to get rid of somebody to get either more draft picks or get someone in because it's not working right now. Well, the rumor, yeah, definitely the rumor mill is that like Terry Rozier will eventually get traded or something like that because it's terrible. He's, he's a great guy. He's on a good contract. Uh, kind of a cheaper contract he's obviously good enough to start in the nba and be a starting point guard on a team so we shall see uh, and they just signed marcus smart to a new contract so i don't know that might Warri- be a little harder to trade than yeah. Terry Rozier. and the warriors are always looking for good backups so you know there you yeah. go well that's the thing like speaking of backups like Terry Rozier is kyrie irving's backup and kyrie irving has a history of just getting injured every year at for some length of time so you kind of need like a really solid backup to like still carry the team and help help fill that slot if Kyrie Irving goes down. I feel like that, I mean, obviously it's been stated before, but they obviously, I think Boston did better last year without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward than they are doing now. But maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe we'll get to June and all of a sudden Boston's in the finals and they're actually playing, they're yeah, giving the I Warriors they, trouble. I hope they'll figure it out by the uh, the second half of the season because there's almost a, a, you have too many good players that you have to play. Like, and even... They kind of did some lineup shifts and in, in putting Jalen Brown to the bench uh, mm. to come off the bench and then as well six like, man kind of thing. Yeah, like and then starting Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris and like um, trying different things out, which they kind of fit a groove because like I think once your team kind of everybody knows kind of their role and kind of slides into their role, uh, it goes a lot easier. And so if you take somebody out, like if some like for example the Kyrie and Gordon Hayward injuries, like people had to step up and kind of everybody knew their role and where they fit into the larger hole. But now you have like seven guys who like can and should and believe they should start, you know, um, of their, that caliber of an NBA player. But like, like coaches, uh, but coach. you can only play five guys at a time. So mm-hmm. there is that kind of like log jam of like 
Coach Stevens has got to figure a way to buy them all in of like, hey, I know you're not starting right now, but you got to believe that your role is what we need. Oh, totally. And that's the mark of like an excellent team because you even think about the Warriors and how they've had so much success because Andre Iguodalu. Steve Kerr, baby. Well, Steve Kerr, but Iguodalu like made a conscious decision of like, I'm going to come off the bench, you know, and like, which really set them up to have essentially like a super sub, you know, like he was a starter in any other team. But he's chose to come. You think to the he bench. could still start now, or do you think he's st- he's at a spot now where he's like well, he's, you're going to be back? He's definitely older now, yeah. so he's definitely back up. But, but you're talking about when he first came on. Yeah, when team. he first came on, like that make that makes a great team if somebody's willing to kind of take a step down to then elevate the team, you know, um, yeah. in their in their role or whatever. But anyways, um, one I do have one thing to recommend before we uh, we leave the show today. So I just started this new show on Netflix called Bodyguard. With Kevin Costner? No, definitely not uh. <laughs> Kevin Costner. <laughs> Whitney Houston Bodyguard. But it's a British British show about... British? No. Nice. Yeah, I'm, we're always into super awesome British shows here. I feel but like you should just get the BBC On Demand Network and just watch that all maybe day. Maybe that, that might work. Um, but uh, So it stars Richard Madden. If you don't know who he is, he was uh, one of the guys who got killed off in Games of Thrones. Wow. Um, Seems like everybody so, who gets killed off in Games of Thrones gets their own TV show. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the, the, the rules. But uh, super awesome show. He... The, the main character is a uh, ex-military uh, uh, person, but he works for the police and works as a bodyguard for the Home Secretary um, for uh, the United Kingdom. Oh, nice! Uh, essentially, like you know, I saw from the, the trailer, it seems members. like they've had a history, or like she was against him, or something like well, that. Well, so she's got policies that are like you know much more. Uh, Department of Defense aggressive kind of things, you know, but he is someone who served previously and had P and as of the first episode has PTSD and you're kind of like, so he does not agree with what she oh. believes as a politician, so but, he's having he's a p- in tr- but he's in charge of guarding her, being her bodyguard. So there's like Dang. first episode you're and the very first, whatever, 10, 15 minutes of the show is like, uh, you kind of hold your breath or whatever. Cause it's a very intense first 15 minutes. Um, so hooked. I recommend it. Check it out. Bodyguard. So it's like 24, but British. I like that. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know if he's he's not Jack Bauer. But okay. anyway, so check out Bodyguard on Netflix. We just started it. I, I would recommend it. Just off of the first 15 minutes alone, you're kind of like, whoa, what the heck? Um, but anyways, thank you guys for listening. We are the Shape Bros Podcast. Wow, that quick, man. We're already done with episode nine. That's we crazy. Are, we, are, we, are, we are wrapping it up. So make sure you guys leave a five-star rating. Five-star, 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 four-star, five-star. Uh, thank you for the effects board uh, and feel free to write us a review on, on iTunes those are always super appreciated and make sure to subscribe to the feed and keep us keep us uh, keep up with us with the latest podcast by us the Shafe Bros and thank you guys for listening again we will talk to y'all later the Shafe Bros see you guys later